Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. That's right. We're back here on the block. Segment two of the first hour joined as we are this time on Wednesdays by Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald. Evan, how's it going today? Hey, what's up, Austin? Doing well. Evan, I'm not I'm not happy. You don't, you don't want me to tell you why? Yes. Freaking Rico's in here trying to steal my Mary Ellen's ribs, bro. <laughs> it's not a good day. I'm not happy not about having- it. Not have enough to share, or what's the, the quantity? No, he never shares. I will not share with Rico. He comes in here, he's always got canes, he's got wing stop, he's got all kinds of chicken and goodies, and never add, offers me anything. No, I say no today. Well, you know, I, I'm not a huge <laughs> grudge holder, but that might be something worth holding on to. <laughs> Good to see you, Evan. Or yeah, you hear too. you. <laughs> well, speaking of... Uh, Holding grudges, Nebraska uh, had a grudge taken out on it by South Dakota State in the midweek last week, Evan. It had been, what, 50-some years since South Dakota State had beat Nebraska in baseball, and they beat the Huskers by five runs. What happened? Uh, Well, you know, I think part of it's just that's what midweeks in college baseball are. Like, you pick out out any Tuesday or any Wednesday on any given week, and you're going to see some wonky – Results. I think last week Nichols beat LSU uh, in the midweek, so you just you never really know how that's going to go. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's there's sort of this idea too that as Nebraska tries to take that next step as a baseball program, like one of the marks of the top programs in the country are that depth of talent. To where um, you know you're going to have your high end guys and your draft picks, but I think that shows up most in those midweeks on a Tuesday or Wednesday when. Usually you're playing a smaller school or something like that, and you can put your guys out, especially on the pitching side, and perform well. And it's just been a problem for Nebraska this year, and it was a problem for them against South Dakota State where you just didn't really know what you're going to get from your arms. You know, your offense has been generally uh, pretty reliable, but it wasn't on that particular day. Um, You know, and I think it just sort of hammered home the – idea that Nebraska does have some high-end talent, some talent that's going to get drafted in the you know first five, six, seven rounds of the draft this summer, but they just haven't had the consistency and at times the depth to weather uh, kind of that middle portion of the schedule. And so I think that's what we saw, you know, against South Dakota State last week. Uh, the Huskers then take two of three from Minnesota over the weekend. Successful weekend, average weekend, how do you grade it? Well, after Friday, I mean, it felt like the sky was falling, right? I mean, you had the, the SDSU loss, and then you blow the lead in the ninth to lose to Minnesota, which is a, a you know finished last place in the Big Ten the last couple of years. Uh, but you know, to their credit, they bounce back. They blowout win on Saturday, blowout win on Sunday. You win the series. Um, it's it's probably the the minimum of what you were looking for. I mean, you obviously you want the sweep, but you win another series, and that's encouraging. Uh, I think the the thing that turned turned around for Nebraska was the starting pitching. I mean, they had had a number of starts in a row where you just had no idea what you were going to get from somebody. Um, rarely had they gone after you know beyond three or four innings, and so that put your bullpen in tough spots. Well, they actually got some pretty good starts from uh, Emmett Olson and Jace Kaminska and uh, Will Walsh. So I think that was encouraging. The offense kind of did what it did. The wind was blowing out. Um, and so, you know, it, it's this kind of weird point in the season now where, from an RPI perspective, you can pretty much uh, count Nebraska out as an at-large 
possibility. I mean, that's just where they are. I think they're in the 120 or so in the RPI. You need to be in the top 40 to have a shot, and I, I think that ship has sailed. But, you know, you're, you're trying to find roles. You're trying to find momentum at this point so that when you get into that conference tournament, uh, you have a shot to, to win that thing and to go on a run from there. So I think from that vantage point, um, you know, you win a weekend, especially in conference, and it's, it's something you'll take every time. North Dakota State tonight, Nebraska already uh, beat the Bison uh, 4-1 to earlier this season. Then a big one this weekend, Evan, on the road in College Park at Maryland. As good as Nebraska's offense has been, Maryland's offense is even hotter. Is Maryland playing mm-hmm. up to what we thought they would be, uh, you know, finally, uh, from what we thought they were in the preseason? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they were they were ranked preseason. They had a lull uh, early on in their year. They played a really tough non-conference schedule, and and I think they took some of their lumps there. But yeah, they've they're they're back in the rankings. Their offense, I think, eight of the last ten games, double-digit scoring. They have one of the more veteran rotations in the Big Ten, and so yeah, I mean, this is a program that hosted a regional last year that's in first place right now in the Big Ten that I think is probably the most talented team in the Big Ten. So from Nebraska's perspective, you look at going out there, and like I said, this is not a year where you have to really worry about the RPI at this point in time. What you're trying to do, of course, is win the Big Ten regular season title, but I think just as important is safely securing your spot in the league tournament. Top eight make it, and you're at this really kind of interesting point in the season where if you look at the standings, Nebraska is two games behind Maryland uh, in this three-way tie for third, but they're also only two and a half games away from being out of the top eight altogether. So this is not a weekend where you want to kind of get caught up in Maryland's momentum and get swept because that puts a lot of pressure on you for your last two series against Penn State and Purdue. Um, you know, I think at the bare minimum, minimum, you take one game. Obviously, you'd love to win the series and go from there. But I think that's sort of the baseline goal for Nebraska this weekend is take a game. Anything you do beyond that uh, just sets you up better for the stretch run this month. Do you think being the underdog going out there helps Nebraska this weekend? Do you think this team's still maybe a little tight? Well, yeah, I mean, it's a good point because the last month or so, with the exception of the series at Iowa, they've played teams that it's really been sort of a no-win situation where either you beat the team because you're supposed to and they're they're not a very good opponent uh, from a, a record perspective or you lose to them, and obviously uh, that's accentuated and, and, and really magnified um, by people that are observing them too. So uh, you think about that Iowa exception, obviously that did not go Nebraska's way when they got swept out there. Uh, offense, pitching, really none of it showed up in Iowa City. So you would hope um, that they can take some of the momentum maybe from last week at Minnesota or against Minnesota out to Maryland and, and let that thing go from there. Um, it's just been interesting talking with Will Bolt and some of the players. Like They still believe, and, and I think I would agree from what I've observed, that they have the talent, they have the kind of the daily commitment to the grind, but what's been holding them back uh, oftentimes when they've fallen flat has just been lack of focus, maybe on a given day, on a given pitch, on a given inning. It's how do you stay locked in uh, all the time? And that's something that the great teams do and that Nebraska has struggled with a little bit. And I think if if they can go out to Maryland and, and focus on what they do well um, and not get caught up in sort of the stakes and the opponent and that sort of thing, they absolutely have the top-end talent to hang with Maryland. So to me, it's just as much of a mental thing that Nebraska has been working through as it is about the talent on the field. Is that a switch you can flip with a weekend like this, or is this something that you kind of are what you are at this point? You just have to try to avoid those landmines as often as you can. 
Well, I think it's something that the coaching staff has sort of realized what they have in this group, right? Like there are some years when uh, you have a lot of more player leaders. There are some years when maybe the buttons that you push as a coach is sort of lighten into your guys. There are some groups where maybe it's more come alongside with, with positive encouragement or, or being a little more gentle in your message. And I think the staff has pushed a lot of the different buttons trying to find out what it is. And, and you get to a certain point, like in this, you know, you're in the stretch run of the season here in May. I think a lot of guys are realizing like the end is almost here. You, you have seven, I think, fifth year seniors who are not guaranteed any baseball beyond the end of this month. You have guys like Bryce Matthews and Max Anderson who uh, are in their last month or five weeks or so as Huskers because they're going to get drafted and they're going to go on to professional careers. So I think I think that message sometimes in February and March can kind of get lost a little bit um, just in the in the marathon of the season. But once that calendar flips to May, uh, you know that's 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 when either you have it or you don't. You have that urgency or you don't. Um, and I think they saw the results of what happens when you don't against South Dakota State last week and and tonight's game against North Dakota State. I think will be another good barometer about where this team is in its headspace. Um, you know, as again, as it heads into the last uh, sort of quarter leg of this Big Ten season. Three Big Ten weekends left for Nebraska before hopefully a Big Ten tournament. If you look at players or even just positions, who or where needs to have more production over these last three weeks for Nebraska to feel good heading into the Big Ten tournament again, hopefully in Omaha? Well, you know, I think obviously the, the star power that you have up the middle is is going to be there. That's been there all year in, in Matthews and Anderson. I think to me the next sort of step is is make sure you have consistent starting pitching. And, and there's really nothing that you're going to change if you're Nebraska at this point. The rotation kind of is what it is. Um, and we've seen, like Emmett Olson, when he's at his best, he's really good. And he's probably going to be someone who hears his name high in the draft in July as well. So can he be a guy who sets you up for success on a Friday by giving you six or seven and, and saving your bullpen and you know limiting the opponent to one run or something like that? Kaminska is sort of the same thing. I mean, we've seen what his upside is, what his ceiling has been. Uh, you know, his outing against Minnesota was probably his most impressive as a Husker. Can he carry that over uh, down the stretch? And if you have a one-two punch like that, that puts you on even footing with anybody else in the Big Ten. And then that sets up a Sunday where, uh, you know, if Will Walsh is on, great. And if he's not, you have a, a lot of bullpen options that you can go to that are pretty trustworthy, whether that's Shanneman or Buns or, uh, you know, Kyle Perry or whoever it might be. Um, I, to me, that's kind of where it, it goes because I think we've seen from this team the offense, for the most part, has been pretty reliable. There's been a depth to it. Uh, there are different uh, beyond Matthews and Anderson. There have been different heroes who have sort of stepped up at different times. But when they've struggled, it's, it's been on the pitching side and, and those short outings from their starters. And so I think if those guys are dudes this month, then you know there's every reason to think that Nebraska will be safely into that Big Ten tournament in Omaha and, and maybe be a contender. We're talking with Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald, uh, Husker baseball. Now switching to Husker football, Evan, uh, you recently wrote about the transfer portal, uh, what Nebraska's you know lost to it, and you think they might not be done. Uh, where do you think Nebraska looks to add? Do you think that they've already you know had conversations with uh, some other guys that maybe won't continue playing but stay on scholarship so the football team has them free? Where do you think those discussions are and what Nebraska's looking for over the summer? Yeah, you know, it's it's... 
I thought the piece was timely because, you know, the, the window closed on Sunday, the 15-day window where players can enter the portal. So we saw a lot of that last week, a lot of activity, um, uh, players moving on. But that doesn't mean that there won't be any other, uh, you know, roster movement, so to speak. So there's still, by our count, three scholarships over the limit. So uh, at some point that will sort of uh, become known, I, I guess, about who those players are. That might be reflected in their roster online or it might get out. But uh, there are still players that, by rule, they're going to have to depart from here um, in the near future. And then beyond that, yeah, I mean, you look at the portal and you try if you're if you're looking to – uh, upgrade at any other positions, you're going to have to make that up somewhere else on the roster too. So, you know, I, I kind of look at what's available in the portal and, and it's kind of like we've talked about for a long time. If you're a high, high end, uh, lineman offensive or defensive, you're like gold in the portal. You're going to have a ton of suitors. And so I don't know that even though Nebraska would take a player like that, I don't, I don't see that being, uh, necessarily a likely scenario, but you know, if you wanted to upgrade at say receiver, then there are a lot of options in the portal of guys who are pretty accomplished pass catchers at different stops. And you look at Nebraska's room. I mean, you have a lot of uh, seniors transfers, and then you have six freshmen coming in. I think you'd absolutely take another veteran to come in and and help be a stabilizing presence there. So not to say that they will add somebody in the portal, but the option remains that they could. Um, and then again, um, you know, grad transfers can leave at any time as well. So if, if there's somebody on the team that has their undergraduate degree in hand and wants to transfer, they're still able to do that. So just because the window closed that last week does not mean that the roster is entirely settled for Nebraska before next season. We're you now a week plus now post spring. And I've been asking different people this question, Evan, because I think there's a lot of ways to go with it. But if I ask you who the best player on Nebraska's offense and defense was post-spring, who would you say? Offense, I would say I would say Billy Kemp was really impressive from spring. Uh, I, I think he's got just the, the ability to be a safety net for, for Jeff Sims. And you could certainly say Jeff Sims, too. I mean, his, his path to being a number one uh, quarterback is, is pretty clear at this point, and he may end up being the biggest impact piece that they added from the portal. But I just feel like Kemp, uh, you know, he, he provides, again, just sort of that security blanket that you want. If you need six yards on third and six, he's going to find a way to, to find an opening in that defense and get it for him. He has the speed to, to move around. He's got the experience, nearly 200 career catches, you know, all the rest. So I think he, he's someone who can immediately step in and be a leader in that room, which is, like I said, kind of an, a strange room where you have guys who've left the team and come back. You have seniors. You have six freshmen who will be coming in and doing this thing for the first time. So I think having a guy like that's really valuable, and then he was impressive. Um, you know, defensively, I'd probably have to say – MJ Sherman was someone who was really impressive, uh, whether that's an edge or as a, as a linebacker, like there's some flexibility with what he can do. Um, you know, just the, the, the way that Tony white wants to run this three, three, five, I think having somebody that, that can line up and you don't exactly know what they're going to do is, is valuable. I mean, he can drop back, he can rush. He's, he's physical enough to play the run do all, do all these different things. So I think, you know, he, he really impressed, coaches in the summer or in the spring as well and um, I think it's just another example that you know Nebraska's portal additions this offseason 
may not have been overly splashy or, or there may not have been a ton of them. I think they added 11. But it sure looks like, based on how they performed in the spring, that a lot of them will be pretty early, bigger contributors. We know what a good pass rush can do if MJ Sherman is playing that edge spot and can get after the quarterback. We know that that you know, helps raise the ceiling for a defense. But for Nebraska's offense, does Jeff Sims need to become the best player in that group for the offense and I guess really Nebraska's team to get to where it wants to go? Or can it succeed if someone like Billy Kemp or Anthony Grant is the best player? Well, yeah, I mean, certainly you want your quarterback to be one of the best guys out there. I think what the coaching staff has said about its vision for the offense is interesting. I mean, they and we saw it in the spring game. They lined up in power eye a few times. We saw guys like Janarin Bonner as sort of a lead fullback blocker uh, on these power runs. We've seen uh, their their willingness and I think their desire to lean more on the quarterback run game. So, yeah, I mean, Sims fits all that. He was the hand-picked addition. Uh, you know, I, I was talking with some colleagues about this. It feels like if Jeff Sims we're in the portal now um, that the, the competition for him would be a whole lot greater than it was when Nebraska got him in the winter. So it does feel like, um, you know, they, they leveraged the relationship that Matt rule had with his previous coach. Uh, they were at a spot at the time where they weren't preparing for a bowl game or, or, or whatnot. So they were able to develop or to, to devote more time to recruiting Jeff Sims and to getting him in. So, yeah, I, I think he has that ability um, to me, the thing is, is one, can he stay healthy? Uh, he, he's been hurting his career previously. And, and as we know, when you run the quarterback so much, you expose yourself to uh, injuries and turnovers. And then beyond that, uh, you know, coaches said in the spring that he's taken a step forward, but his, his career to this point, uh, I think he's about a 55% uh, passer. Um, and, and there've been interceptions and, and some turnovers along the way. So if he can curb those things, and leverage the athleticism and the arm uh, and, and the playmakers around him, then, yeah, I think uh, the ceiling definitely is higher for what Nebraska's offense can be moving forward. It's Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald talking Husker baseball and football with us. Evan, appreciate it as always. Enjoy your time at Haymarket Park tonight, and we'll uh, look forward to reading your coverage. Thanks, Austin. Yep, see you. Once again, Evan Bland with us here on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline. We're going to step aside. When we get back, we're playing the shootout with Strick. He wins. The champ's in the building. The music's queued up. It's ready. Strike your moments next.